1: Was blind but now I see.
0: Almighty God, King of heaven and earth. it is by grace. it is by grace. That we are transformed into your likeness. Thank you, Lord. This process, Lord, I've been reading the scriptures, I've been studying all my life, and yet I feel but like a child. For your depths are so deep and your love and compassion are so wide. Lord, I ask that you would deepen my understanding. Show me the reality of of your incredible grace that changes a man. Lord, thank you. Give me the words now to say what I need to say to my brothers and sisters that my own spirit needs to hear that we could be brought into your presence and changed by your grace. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee, the pastor of the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. There is a, a depth of understanding and a depth of of behavior change. That comes with that understanding. That utterly transforms a man's life. There is nothing cheap or tawdry about the gospel of Jesus. It is about righteousness. It's not about a false. Covering called by the modern church grace. It's not about permissiveness. It is about a man or a woman being utterly changed by the divine influence of the Holy Spirit under the power of the shed blood of Jesus that changes that man or that woman and utterly eradicates sin from their life and from their heart. And then in addition to that, that grace grows us up so that we are no longer like children filled with self-interest and self-concern, self-pity, and with ambition. It totally changes a man. It transforms a man and makes them into something completely different. I want that change to be fully manifested in my life and in your life. I'm not coming to speak the popular word that will draw the hearts emotionally. I don't come to speak some word of selfishness that will guarantee you some prosperity or some strategy. I've come to speak to you about eternal life, about heaven, about Jesus, I've come to ask you to grow up, to grow up in Jesus, to leave behind the things of childhood the bitterness, the anger, the self confidence, the ambition. I've come to ask you to lay aside all sin and all darkness, all entertainment with the world. I've come to ask you to grow up in Jesus Christ. And what I'm going to share with you today will help you if you will make that decision to lay aside the things That are childish and grow up in Jesus. I've been speaking to you all week about Elijah and specifically the Elijah Company. The Elijah Company, in just brief review, is that company of people who identifies with what Elijah did and what he said and who he became through the process of the Spirit of God moving upon him. Elisha the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. There must come into our hearts if we are going to lay aside the childish things, there must come into our heart an absolute determination that we will refuse all compromise with darkness. That we will not participate in the culture of wickedness. That instead we will separate ourselves and we will begin to cry out before the Lord God of heaven for judgment unto repentance upon our family members that are ungodly, upon our pastors and our churches that are ungodly, praying for judgment unto repentance upon the people of God. I cry out for that judgment day by day. I do not cry out for judgment unto destruction because I both love God's people and I love this nation of America. But the Elijah Company will be marked by their prayers and their cries before the Lord God for judgment unto repentance. This group of people will not seek to be front and center They instead will be content with being hidden away to be brought forth or to be hidden away at the will of the Holy Spirit. They will no longer have any self-ambition. They instead will be totally given over to Jesus Christ. They will recognize that their provision does not come by their own hand, but their provision comes by the Holy Spirit. The rain has stopped in America on the church. The church is in a drought of righteousness. It is in a drought of of the Holy Spirit because he has turned aside from the modern church in America. And now cute little sermons are preached. Principles are taught. Strategies are laid out. But there is no conviction of sin. There is no weeping before the altar of God. and neither is there any praying through and coming with rejoicing into the presence of God bringing the sheaves. The drought has fallen upon the American church with such a heavy hand that the church has become filled with every unclean thing, unclean music, ambition, and filthy human agendas fill the church today. The rain has stopped. Now we must recognize that when this occurs and we're able to recognize it as a church, most are unconscious of the fact that the Holy Spirit has departed the American church. But as more people awaken and become aware, they will begin to look for Mount Carmel. I am standing on tiptoe, asking for Jesus to bring many Mount Carmel's to America. Now I recognize that Mount Carmel's revival was one of the shortest lived in the history of the church and this final revival in America may be one of the shortest revivals. It may rival that of Mount Carmel because for the most part the American church is filled with sentimentalism and flesh and entertainment I'm not sure the leadership will ever allow the members of the church to wake up and turn from the falseness that they have been taught. I am very, very concerned for the American church. Righteousness has been cast out and a lie has been brought in that righteousness, real righteousness is unnecessary. We have Christ's righteousness imputed to us. It is an utter lie, and the judgment of God will fall on this church and this nation because of this wicked lie. It is a part of the mystery of iniquity, the teaching that grace is a covering for sin rather than the antidote that which removes sin by the blood of Jesus. Now Elijah walks through three years of famine, dwelling with the widow of Zarephath, and finally is given release to go and confront Ahab. Ahab tries to blame him, but Elijah will have none of it. He does not bow before the king. He speaks truth to power. Mount Carmel happens. Then Elijah goes to pray and the king goes to picnic. He goes home and tells Jezebel Jezebel threatens Elijah's life with an assassin and Elijah runs for the mountain of God. Now, today I want to show you the growing up that occurs in Elijah's life. He is yet, as he goes before Ahab, an immature man God is using him magnificently, and God will use many immature men and women in his work, provided their heart is utterly given over to Jesus. By immature, I do not mean sinning. I do not mean a sinning Christian. God will not use that sinning Christian, except as he would use a donkey to speak truth to Balaam. That was certainly not the case with Elijah. Elijah walked clean before God. He walked in righteousness before God. I see the way the immature Elijah walks with the Lord God of heaven goes where he's told to go, and he does what he's told to do. He obeys the word of the Lord. But there is buried deeply in Elijah's heart yet a victim mentality. This is not uncommon. Most of us have spent most of our lives with a bit of a victim complex thinking that life has not been all that fair to us. We look at the lost opportunities. We look at the difficulties we have faced. It is not uncommon for us to have a bit of self-pity. But God will not have self-pity, because self-pity is in itself a subtle accusation against the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. And so in the maturing process, he intends to entirely erase all self-pity, all sense of being a victim, and to utterly destroy any need in our hearts for any kind of judgment or accusation against the God of heaven and earth. This is a part of the maturing process. Well, how is he matured? He is matured by running toward Mount Horeb and coming to an utter end of his own strength, lying down under the tree, saying, I've had enough, Lord, take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. Now, that is a wonderful foundation to begin to grow up until we're willing to lay under the tree and say, I'm no better than my ancestors, I'm nobody special, I'm nobody. And then, of course, the self-pity rises up and says, just take my life. So we see clearly portrayed what a man must come to Before he can grow up in Jesus Christ, he must come to an utter end of himself. And many of you have set your life up in such a fashion that you will never come to an end of yourself. And so you will never grow up. It's often why God uses men and women who have been gross sinners in a much more powerful way than he will use a man who has been religious because finally that gross sinner has to come and lay down and say I can't do it Jesus I'm at the end of my strength and my courage I have no more ability I can't defeat the sin I can't win the victory I'm as good as a dead dog. Now Jesus can do something with that man or that woman. And as he's laying under that tree, exhausted, saying, I just want to die, he falls to sleep. The angel comes and touches him and says, get up and eat. The ministering spirits come. And they feed him, and they comfort him, and they strengthen him. And he knows it is not from himself. It is from the God of heaven. And when we begin to understand that when we have come to the utter end of ourselves, we can go no further. And then we begin to humbly accept the bread of heaven, the broken body of Jesus, the spilled blood of Jesus. When we begin to receive the water, the blood, when we begin to receive the bread, the body, and we begin to be strengthened, something begins to change in that man or that woman's heart because suddenly now he sees the kindness and the mercy of God coming and reaching out to him. Always salvation is at the initiation of God. To be born from above is a supernatural work of God. But we must come to an end of ourselves before that supernatural work of God can be accomplished in us. Most of you listening to this broadcast today have never been born from above. You've been born from your own spirit. You've been born from your church. You've been born from your pastor. But you've never been born from above. You still carry in your heart bitterness and anger. You still carry in your heart sin. To be born from above means to be washed and cleansed and to be changed. Some of you think of God as a hard man. God is not a hard man. He's the most kind, compassionate man the world has ever seen. This ministering spirit comes a second time. Now I'm saying this to you in review of yesterday's broadcast. Go back and listen. But I'm coming to a very specific point that I want you to grasp with me today. We grow up in Jesus when we head for the mountain of God. We begin to recognize that we're only worthy of caves to dwell in. The word of the Lord comes, but the word of the Lord is not what he needs. He needs the person of God, he needs the gentle whisper that comes. And Elijah pulls his cloak over his face. And he goes and he stands before the Lord of the universe. This experience totally changes Elijah. If you were to do a personality profile of Elijah before and after, you would find the after picture. Would reflect a man who no longer has any concern about what other people think. He is now totally given to that gentle whisper, the person of the Lord Jesus. He is utterly given to God. He no longer is afraid of anyone. He now walks in what I shared with you yesterday in Mark, the 11th chapter, verse 22, when it says, have faith in God, but the literal translation is, have God's faith. Have God's faith. This is not your faith. This is God's faith. He has put his faith in you. God put his faith in Elijah. This is what happens when a man or woman grows up in Jesus. They are transformed. They are transformed when they come and they are born from above. Sin is removed. The inclination to sin is removed. They are washed in the blood. They are made whole in Jesus Christ. They come out from the world. But they are still immature. And now there must come a time when they come to an utter end of themselves. This is the wonderful second touch. This is when a man is entirely sanctified by the Holy Spirit. This is a time when a man finally recognizes that only the power of God can meet the cry of his heart. This is at a much deeper level. This is at a visceral level. This is the very inside of the spirit of a man or woman when they finally recognize they have no strength and no power in themselves. And they must have literally the faith of God in their heart. And back here in 1 Kings, verse nine, chapter 19, watch what happens. Elijah immediately goes to fulfill the commands of God. He's no longer afraid of Jezebel. He's no longer afraid of an assassin. Oh, they're going to send, they're going to send men to grab him. He's not afraid of him. He has no fear. Verse 19 So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shepot. He was ploughing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. So Elijah has come to anoint Elisha as his replacement. Elijah went up to him. He did not say one word. He just went up to him and threw his cloak around him. And then he walked away. All he was told to do was throw his cloak around him. Indicating that he was to come and follow after Elijah to be taught. He doesn't beg him. He doesn't reason with him. He's now operating with the faith of God in his heart. His actions reflect total self-disinterest. His actions reflect he no longer is seeking the approval or the direction of any man or any woman, he is operating in the faith of God within his life. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come and I will follow you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? In other words, Elijah has no agenda here. My brother, my sister, when we can begin to function at a level where we have no agenda for another person except to be faithful and do to that person what the Lord God of heaven asks us to say and to do, you will know that you have become mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. You would think the old Elijah would have spoken with him and said, the Lord has told me that I'm to do this. Now, if you would like to come with me, I would be pleased because the Lord wants you to come. No. No. I'm coming In the same manner to you, I speak the word of God very straight to you. I say to you, if you want to grow up in Jesus, you need to leave the worldly church you're in. You need to come to a place where there are other men and women who are earnestly seeking after Jesus. Now you either come or you don't come. It's in God's hands. It's not up to me. I'm not going to try to convince you to come to the prayer chapel. I'm not going to Offer you a prize if you come? In fact, one man who came to the prayer chapel, I said to him, Why have you come? I have nothing for you. I think you're going to come and cause trouble. You're full of yourself. You've come to be a part of something that you think will grow and be something big, and you want a part of it. See, I don't come to you with sticky fingers. I recognize that the message that I'm proclaiming to you is probably very unlike what you hear on any other broadcast. I don't compare myself to others but I must come and speak the word of God in a very direct, kind, and loving manner. My pastor shook his finger in my face many years ago, Pastor David Wilkerson from the Times Square Church in New York City, and he said to me, Preach the judgment of God with mercy. I knew it was the word of God to me. And so I come endeavoring to do just that. Now, you don't need to come to the prayer chapel. What have I done to you? This was Elijah's attitude. What have I done? Go back. You want to go back and kiss Mama and Daddy goodbye? Go. I'm not in charge of you. The Holy Spirit is going to take charge of you. I'm not your boss. The Holy Spirit is your boss. I'm not the one to tell you what to do. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. He said, let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? I'm out of this, Elijah says. I'm on my way. There's a pickup coming. A heavenly driver is going to pick me up in a a limo. This is between you and God. Elisha leaves him, went back to Mom and Daddy and told them goodbye, took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat. and then he gave it to all of the people. And they all ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah to become his attendant, to become a humble servant, to pour the water for Elijah to wash his hands. He didn't follow Elijah to become somebody. He followed Elijah to be a humble servant. Oh, that God would send servants, that God would fill his church with servants, men and women who do not come in and sit in a chair and expect to be served, men and women who would come humble of heart seeking how they can help another, not how they can get their deal done. I'll go further with this, but first I want to stop and I'd like to just ask do you all have any feedback you'd like to share with me about these Elijah messages? This is the last day I'll be teaching on Elijah for a week. I'm going to take next week off to rest and pray and Spend time with the Lord, so I will have encore broadcasts, but I'd like to hear how the Lord has changed your life this week, what He has said to you. The phone number here in studio is eight seven seven. 534-0780. If you'd like to call and share a testimony of what Jesus has done in your life in the last week, I would love to hear from you. If you need prayer today, I'll be happy to pray with you. This whole Elijah series is a call for you to grow up in Jesus. It is a call for you to forget about yourself. Good. Let me give you that number again, 877-534-0780. We have Zach on the line. Zach, what would you like to share?
2: Pastor Ray. Welcome. Thank you, and to the listening audience, hello. I would like to share, firstly, about Elijah, similar to Jesus, where the rabbi came and said, I've done all the commandments, what left is there for me to do? He said, sell everything you have and follow me. And the rabbi went away very sad, a rich young ruler. And um, similar to Elijah saying, Elisha, what are you doing? You're going to follow me, right? Are you going to go back and bury the dead? Let the dead bury the dead. So the way I've been changed by God is through the word of God. The word of God, if we will be faithful to read the word of God, is going to transform our lives. And when you're in a place where you receive the possession of God the Father in Jesus' name through his Holy Spirit, you will maybe experience the enemy's Uh, resistance. However, God will turn it for your good every time.
0: So, Zach, let's hear specifically how has the Holy Spirit changed you in the last week?
2: I have called on his voice, not knowing necessarily the exact scriptures that he was using to combat the enemy in my life, whether trials, tribulations, or temptations, I've said, Where is the voice of my Father in heaven? In Jesus' name, help me. Yes. And every single time I've said that, the Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, through his Holy Spirit, I've just said, Father, where is your voice? Has shown up. Yes. And he has overcome the enemy, no matter what the circumstance. Yes. And, you know, be angry and sin not. Meaning, okay, at first you may be angry, okay, that lasts but 30 seconds, because you know the mercy of God is greater. Yes. And that's why his son had to die for us, to give us the grace to overcome the anger through the voice of God, which is the Word of God which is Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Let's open it for some others. Thanks, Zach. Bye. 877-534-0780. I want to just highlight one thing that Zach said, and that was the voice of the Lord, where we begin to call on the name of the Lord. And usually when we will call on the name of the Lord, when we are utterly at the end of everything, that is when he comes. He is faithful and he is true. He is compassionate and merciful. And he will send ministering spirits for both healing and restoration and strength and courage for the journey. As long as that journey is to go to God. Okay, 877-534-0780. You're welcome to call quickly. I'm going to give you some time. I'd like to also invite you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. nationalprayerchapel.com. I also invite you to consider the call of the Holy Spirit to support this radio broadcast of Pilgrim's Progress. You can do so by mailing your tithe or your gifts to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. two. 22- 195. Joshua, welcome. What would you like to share? Hi, Pastor. Yes. Um. So I've had a specific sin issue for years, and I know the Lord has been not just wanting to deal with that, but actually been trying to deal with me in humility. So what he's doing in my life lately is he sent me to a very hard job, and he's trying to teach me to be a servant. And I just heard you talking about Elijah and Elisha and servanthood. And um, that just registers for me a lot. Yeah, Elisha could not have ever received the double portion if he had not learned to be a servant to Elijah. That's not easy. That sounds like it's what God's trying to do in my life, and I'm sure in others' lives who are listening. I, I don't think He can trust us to do the work He's called us to if we're we're still in our pride. Um, we'll mess up. We'll we'll end up blowing it away and doing His name more damage than good. Yes. Yes. Okay, Joshua. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Our number is eight seven seven. Five three I'm opening the mic to hear what has God done in your life this week and what have you learned in your heart as we have walked through this Elijah story. And I'll tell you what I have had so deeply impressed on my heart this week as I have learned with you under the teaching of the Holy Spirit And that is that it's God's faith that we must have in our heart. It is God's faith. It is not positive thinking. It's not positive affirmations. It's not strategies for success. We must get the heart of God. And you don't get the heart of God until you have left your sin and you've come to an end of yourself. John Wesley called this crisis salvation. That this crisis is necessary for us to be entirely sanctified. They called this the coming of the Holy Spirit at Azusa Street. A place where the full anointing of God comes upon a man's life when he's no longer going to try to use God or feel a victim or feel that God is unfair, where the the attention, the focus, no longer is on us, but it's on God. Now, I've known that. I know it at a much deeper level today. And I know that Elijah... Learn that lesson as he runs to the mountain of God. I cannot urge you strongly enough to allow God to bring you to an end of your own resources and your own ideas. And let God begin to move to take over your life and bring you to an end of yourself that he could step in and begin to carry you according to his will. Again, our phone number is 877-534-0780. What would you like to share today about your walk with Jesus? You don't need to call and preach. Just call and share. What has Jesus done for you? how have you been changed this week last week what is your walk with jesus like in reality now this same this same understanding of this more mature elijah is carried into the 20th chapter of 1 Kings. Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, musters his whole army, accompanied by 32 other kings with horses and chariots. I mean a vast army, and they go up to attack Samaria. And the battle is put in place. And then the prophet of God, Elijah, comes to the king of Israel, to Ahab, and he says this, do you see this vast army? I will give it into your hand today, and then you will know that I am the Lord. God is so kind and so merciful, you would think that Ahab would know this from Mount Carmel. But now Ahab's skin is being put on the line. At Mount Carmel, it was only intellectual. But now it's skin, it's blood, it's violence. It's the attack of a foreign army. And the prophet comes, saying, The Lord says I will give you this vast army so that you will know that I am the Lord. But who will do this? asked Ahab. The young officers of the provincial commanders will do it. Well, who will start the battle? You will, Ahab so he summoned the young officers of the provincial of the provincial commander's 300 or 232 men now this was an army of only 7000 in israel against all of this great army it looked like a little goat herd out there beside the sand of the sea there was no chance they could win they were going to be utterly destroyed and ahab knew this but as the young officers marched out, each one successfully struck down his opponent. The foreign army fled with many casualties. What I want you to hear is that now Elijah can come and speak the word of God with no personal investment in that word this is absolutely necessary for us to be able to totally distance our own personal feelings wants and desires and simply do what jesus calls us to do Now we have only a few minutes left in this broadcast today. I want to thank each of you who has written such kind, thoughtful notes, who have sent cash and money orders and checks to help cover the cost. This is a very large month for broadcast cost, pushing to, toward the $4,000 mark this month. I'm going to stand by faith that the work of God will be carried as I spend next week in prayer, quiet, rest. Pray for me. Pray that Jesus will meet me. I know he will. And I'll be praying for you. Lord, I lift up every person listening to this broadcast today. I ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to go forth to encourage, to lift up, to protect from the enemy. I ask that every person would move into the prayer closet and ask that you would remove from them all selfishness, all self-centeredness, all wickedness, all sin. Lord, open the gates of righteousness for your church. Real righteousness. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee, your host. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find times of meeting and place of meeting. I'll be praying for you. I love you, my brother and my sister. I'll talk to you soon
2: great joy with
1: great